Today is the third and final installment of Be Nourished Spring. This one is entitled Hope. So if you missed it, head on back and you can find Health and Home um, in this little mini-series here that we're doing. And also don't forget that the giveaway ends this week. It ends this Friday. So if you have not had a chance to participate, you can head back to my blog or you can listen to previous episodes to figure out what that means. It's not a traditional giveaway, but... It's a good one nonetheless, so if you've missed that, you can head back and check that out. So today I'm going to talk about hope, and um, when I was thinking about this episode and thinking about what I wanted to say, the first person that came to my mind was my grandmother. Um, I haven't mentioned her too much on the podcast so far, but she probably was the number one influential person in my life growing up. Now, I had parents at home who were obviously very influential, but you know how it is. Like sometimes, you know, your parents tell you things over and over and it just doesn't mean as much when your grandparents do or when someone else does. So my grandmother, um, was super, super influential for me, but I didn't know it until she was already gone. She passed away five years ago on the 8th, April 8th. Um, and it was devastating for me, but it was devastating for a long time after as well. Um, I knew like we went to her house all the time. She picked us up from school every day. We would go over there on Christmas. Like, you know, she was definitely a staple in our lives, but I just didn't understand the gravity, um, and the part that she played for me until she was already passed away. So I just want to talk about my grandmother because, um, to me, she really embodies this idea of hope in action, which I think I think hope has to be active or else it's not hope. Um, And I'll get to that later. But I just remember um, my grandparents had a lake house in Tennessee. And we would go there when we were young. Which I really wish that um, they had kept it when I had gotten older. Because I think I would have appreciated it much more as a teenager or as a young adult. But as a kid, um, sometimes I got bored because I don't even think they had a TV. I remember that they had in the, um, living room. So they had like, I can just see it now. They had like a little place you could sit and then they had a dining room and a kitchen. And then they had this big area, or at least I remember it being big, big. I don't know how big it really was, but as a kid, I remember it being really big. For some reason, I think there might've been orange carpet, (laughs) which is not super surprising if my grandparents got this house when they were younger um because you know this was this would have been the 90s so if they got it in like the 80s or 70s that makes sense but anyway I remember there being this big area with lots of windows and I think there was orange carpet and um there was a record player and we used to listen to I think it's Chevy Chase um I think that's his name. We used to listen to the Twist and Shout song on that record player, my sisters and I, and we would play Old Maid with these huge cards. And I just I just have the the clearest memory of doing that. And I remember walking with my sister um up the gravel road to the lake. That's why we called it the lake. Um there was a lake and we would throw rocks and my grandfather had a a silver boat that's sitting in my parents' house um, at the in their yard right now. But anyway, we would take his boat out and we would fish and we would throw rocks in the lake. And my sisters and I would go out there without my parents a lot of times. We would go for just like a week or two during the summer. Um, and they had a garden and they had, you know, I remember my grandfather mowing the grass and there were these like um, sweet gums, these huge sweet gums in the yard with like prickly things all over them. 
and we would have to pick them up. We would be in charge of picking them up because if not, we would all be stepping all over them forever. And I remember there being um, like a protective fence around their garden because if not, then, you know, a bunch of deer would have eaten it. I didn't understand that really at the time. And I remember their neighbor had a bunch of little dogs. Like she had a lot of little, um, I think, terriers. It's just interesting the things that I remember um, that are so clear to me from the lake. They just are burned into my memory. It's been probably over 20 years. Um, and I still can remember those things so clearly. And I remember my grandmother always being busy. She was always doing something. And it was hard for me as a kid, right? Because I don't think there was a TV. There was a record player and we did have cards, but I don't remember there being a TV and we certainly didn't have any of our, like, I had a, a huge Sega game. If you're young, you may not know what that is, but it's essentially like the, um, what do they even call it these days? The DS that may date me. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. The handheld games. Anyway, I had a huge Sega when I was young. And so I would play that sucker everywhere. But at the lake, you know, and I can appreciate this now, but my grandmother always wanted us to be out doing something, helping around the house. Some of that was lost on us as kids because we just wanted to play. Um, but I just am so thankful for those memories. I just remember my grandmother always cleaning something and she did this at home too she would pick us up from school um without fail every day and in her in her gray big old gray car she would pick us up from school and on the way home she would avoid all the potholes she would um swerve to miss them not not dangerously but she would just always kind of miss the potholes in the road and I still to this day when I drive to my parents house my parents live on a street that's after um two large hills and I still think about her every time I drive down that street because she would always swerve and miss the potholes on that road. Um, and she would help my parents around the house. If there were any dishes left over, she would help clean them. I just remember like coming home from school and plopping myself down in front of the TV and either doing homework or eating a snack or whatever. But she would always be in the kitchen helping my parents or doing something. And she did that at her own house. We would go over there for obviously birthday dinners and things like that. And she and my grandfather, you know, would be there. My grandfather was a hoot too. He's a, he's an episode for another time. He was a character, but anyway, my grandmother was always so diligently taking care of things. She was either in the kitchen or she was seeing what we were doing or she was talking or she was cleaning something. I mean, she was just always doing something. I remember there was one part of their house, um, the formal dining area, I guess it was more of the living area. It wasn't a dining area. But anyway, there's a formal living room that we were not allowed to go into when we were kids because it was the nicer stuff. I have the record player that was sitting in that room for a really long time. I'm so lucky to have it. Um, but it's massive, and I never knew it was a record player when we were growing up. I always thought it was a, a entertainment center. But anyways, we would go in there for Christmas, and I remember one year when I was young, I sewed a Christmas pillow for my grandmother. It was made out of a, a Christmas napkin. Okay, so imagine like a cloth napkin, but with Christmas and um, Christmas on it. And I put Kroger bags. I stuffed it with Kroger bags and I literally just sewed it. I folded it in half and sewed it, to get, sewed it together and called it a pillow. <laughs> um, and my grandmother kept it and put it out with her little Christmas tree every year. Probably, again for 15 years maybe. I made that when I was young and she put it out every year at the Christmas tree. And little things like that, I just didn't know the impact that they had on me when I was young. I didn't know that my grandmother putting that little Christmas pillow out every year 
was because she was she was letting me know that she cared about me and I mattered and what I did mattered and that she um loved it and she supported me and I didn't I just didn't think about it. I just always knew that she did things like that. She she never really I mean she always supported us verbally but mostly her physical acts of diligence and faithfulness and perseverance were what really deeply affected me once she was gone. Um, because, you know, picking us up from school every day, being diligent to do that, um, helping my parents around the house and talking to us about our day. And we would go over there for all the biggest things, the birthdays and the holidays and her birthday and for Christmas. And she put that pillow out every time. I mean, she just, she was just always there, just this steady presence for me. And I, I watched her and I observed her more than I knew that I did. Um, and she always had the biggest laugh. She would have the just wide open mouth, just laugh and laugh and laugh. And she was funny. You know, she was pretty fierce. She was not, she was not playing, but she was funny. Um, and I, I just, I didn't know, you know, that's the biggest thing I kept saying when she passed is I just didn't know what she meant to me. I knew that she meant a lot. I would call her. I went to school, um, five hours away and I would call them all the time. And I always felt so guilty that, I couldn't be there with them regularly. I couldn't be there for the, um, you know, the little birthdays or the little things in between. I couldn't go by and visit them. I couldn't share a meal with them um, because I was in school. And I always felt really bad about that. But I there's this one type of cereal. It's called O's. And I don't know if anybody else has ever even eaten it. But my grandparents always had it at their house, O's. And so I still, to this day, I will buy O's because she just, I don't know, she just had the greatest impact on me. To the point where when she got really sick, she started to get cancer. And she was sick for um, years and years. I mean, longer than anybody needs to be sick for. But they were both, my grandmother and grandfather had both gotten older in age. And I was in grad school at this point. So I was, um, you know, 23 or 24. And um, she had been sick for a while, slowly fading. And my, my dad called me one Saturday, I guess it was. And uh, he said, you know, hospice has come. They're saying she doesn't have very long, maybe one or two weeks. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to let you know, I know you're in school and you're in grad school, so it's harder to miss and you're five hours away and all the things, but I, I just wanted you to know. And I, to be honest with you, I did not know it was that bad. I didn't know that she was that far along. I really thought that I had more time with her. Um, and I knew that I had to go because I I felt guilty already for being in school which I know that my grandmother would have never asked me anything less. She wanted me in school. She wanted me where I was. Um, you know, that was what she wanted. But I knew I had to go. So that Sunday morning, um, I made the quick decision to leave and packed up my stuff and told my roommates, and I left. And I went to Nashville that day, got in that night, and uh, I I went to her. I went to her house, and she was laying in a bed in the living room and my aunt my aunt and uh my dad were there and they were they've been with her they had been visiting with her and um I sat by her bedside and I held her hand and I told her I loved her and she didn't know me she didn't recognize me because the cancer had become so extreme that um she was struggling to be in reality and and to know who people were and um I remember her saying, you know, I love you too. Um, and that was so special to me. You know, I, I, I almost missed it. 
if I hadn't chosen to go in that moment, I would have missed saying goodbye to her. She died the next day, the next morning. Um, but I sat with her and I held her hand and I cried and cried. I just cried. Um, because I didn't expect her to not know me. I didn't expect her to not recognize me. And I know that she did. You know, I know that, I know that she did. She told me she loved me back. So I know that on some level, like, she knew who I was. But I just silently cried and I held her hand and, um said goodbye and early 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 the next morning she passed away and my dad got to be with her at that moment um which was really special but the reason my grandmother embodies hope to me is because she was so tenacious she was so um she kept the line and she kept it well she knew what she was supposed to do I remember sitting with her at church and she just listening to her sing she never really sang um (laughs) on key but uh it didn't matter I mean I just loved sitting with her and listening to her sing and uh she did Sunday school and she knew everybody and I felt like a celebrity when my my family and I would go on homecoming um Sunday and we would go sit there with them and I just felt so important because my the Lincolns you know my grandparents were known because of their kindness and their um attendance and their community oriented spirit everybody knew who they were and I felt so important when I would sit with them. And um, she knew what was right and wrong, and she did it, and she expected it of us. And um, I remember sassing her one time and getting in the most trouble, probably of my life, because I sassed her. And uh, <laughs> she just was so headstrong, but so kind and so faithful and diligent. And she never talked about herself. Probably my one regret is that I didn't ask her more about her life. I remember doing a school, um, what was it? A school assignment and we had to interview somebody important or significant. So I interviewed my grandparents and I remember hearing some about her life then. Um, but I didn't ask her about her childhood, about her teenage life, about her college years. I mean, about being a young married girl, I didn't ask. And I, I so wish that I would have because I want to be like her. I hope that I am like her. And I just would have loved to know her more. And I'm sure that I could find that out through my dad or, you know, through my aunt. Um, But I wanted to hear it from her. But that was the thing is like she didn't, she didn't, expect us to. She just served us. She just wanted us to be okay and to be taken care of and be loved and cherished. And she didn't feel the need to impose herself on us in any way. She just, we were her children. We were her children. You know, we were her grandkids, but she loved us just as much as if we were her kids. And, um, anyway, she embodies hope to me because I hope not only to be like her, But I think the characteristics of hope are, to me, action and patience and diligence and faithfulness. Hope is not hope unless it is something that you're waiting for. And I saw her dedicate her life to so many others. I know that she worked before I was born, but when I was born, the only thing I've ever experienced of her was being retired and and dedicating her life to her family and she never um, pushed for more. She never tried to be, you know, she just did her thing for us. And I think um, as I think about spring and new life and being nourished, I imagine hope in this way. I imagine her embodying 
hope, to wait, to be patient, to be diligent, to not push for more, but to wait on what is coming for you, to wait on the new life that is promised and not be trying to push past where you are, being diligent and being um, kind and waiting. I was fortunate enough to get her Bible and um, she has notes all over it. And I think that's part of it, just being diligent and and staying true and steadfast to what you know is coming for you. And this is true in any part of life, whether it's a job, a relationship, um, financial stuff, or even just the literal seasons, not rushing along, not trying to make it more, not, not being impatient and missing what's here because you're waiting on something else. I don't think that's hope. I think hope is both in the future and in the right now. I think hope matters right now just as much as it matters in the future. And the way that we behave now impacts that. One of the things my grandmother always said was keep on keeping on. She would say that to us um, at the end of a phone call. She would say that just kind of randomly. My grandparents were kind of known for having... um, these random phrases, especially my grandfather, but she would always say, keep on keeping on. And to me, that is hope. Keep on keeping on. Things are hard sometimes. Things feel impossible. The things that you are hoping for may feel like they will never happen. Or if they do, it's got to be, you know, impossible. Like there's no way, right? Like I, I, there are things that I'm hoping for that I don't know how on earth they will actually come to fruition. There's things that my husband and I have dreamed about and we have no idea how it's actually going to happen because right now it feels truly impossible. But what I know for sure is that if you keep on keeping on, it will come. It may not look like what you thought, but it will come. And the keep on keeping on is the daily steps, the diligence, the faithfulness, the perseverance, the kindness, Being able to sit in it while also waiting for it, which is very difficult, but it's the only way. So I hope that whatever that you're hoping for, I hope that whatever is um, in your heart, either as a dream or as a sorrow, that you know that new life is coming, that this is the season of new life, that spring is here. And even if it doesn't look look like it, either literally outside or in your heart or in your home, I hope you know that hope is real. Hope is for you, but it takes the diligent steps. It takes the daily setting it down, being in the present, but also hoping for the future. It's all of it. It's everything. And as my grandmother would have said, keep on keeping on. I did want to let you know that um, I'm actually going to take a break. I am a one-woman show, so that means I find people to interview, I ask them to be interviewed, I set up the interview, I interview, I edit, I promote, and I release all the episodes on my own, um, all while working a full-time job and being a wife and a dog mom. So um, quite frankly, I'm tired, and I never want the podcast to become something that feels um, like I'm trudging uphill. And so I need to take a break to regroup and recover and rejuvenate and kind of figure out where I want to go from here um, with everything. So 
This is an awesome time to catch up on episodes if you are behind or to tell a friend um, this is the time for them to jump in and listen because they don't have to be overwhelmed with um, new episodes every week. So thank you guys for all the support and encouragement you've shown so far and I will see you on the other side.